Welcome to The Future is Female Powerlifting, a show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and thank you for joining me for episode number five, and I have a guest that was had me on the edge of my seat the whole freaking time we were talking. She was cracking me up. We had moments of kids coming in, dogs walking around, being all cray-cray, um, and one of the most amazing uh, stories I think I've heard when it comes to kind of a journey of um, powerlifting and how she was up and down, up and down with how she felt, her injuries, her recovery, her then, you know, placing. It, it was an amazing story. And today I am bringing you Miss Sam Calhoun, who is our most recent USAPL national champ. Um, in, and let me break it down for you guys a little bit. Sam um, is a fabulous lifter. Uh, and one of the most amazing things that probably she... Uh, did was dethrone Jen Thompson. Um, not that that was intentional. She just wanted to be the best that she could be. And Jen Thompson has been a 10 time, 10 times she's been a, 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 you know, a champ. So something like this is an amazing feat to do. And, you know, if you were to ask her, which I did, she would say, I've always known that that's what I could do. I could be at that level. Um, and she tells some amazing stories of how she actually got there and a lot of the struggles um, and injury that nobody really knows. And she talks about some things here that I'm going to tell you right now. She didn't tell anybody. So you, my beautiful listeners, are going to be able to hear all of that. And let, let me give you a little breakdown of Sam's numbers if you guys don't know. Um, so she just you know, competed at Raw Nationals out at USAPL. She uh, squatted 374, benched 231.4, and deadlifted 497.5 with an 1103 total of 545 Wilkes, and she beat Jen by body weight. So they totaled the same, but because she knew she came in a little lighter than Jen, and I'm telling you, less than a pound lighter than Jen Thompson, she beat her by body weight. And this is a strategic thing um, that an athlete will do and, and which is very important is, is not just trying to rack up your number. Oh, I'm about to, you know, PR today. She could have gone more, but knowing I'm going to secure the win because I already know that I beat her weight. If I just match in the Wilkes, I mean, in the total, then I'll, I'll beat her. So she kind of tells a lot of the story of how she got to where she was. Um, and it's, and it's thrilling. Let me tell you guys, it was just, there's moments where I was like, Oh my God, you're killing me right now. Like, where are you going with the story? Um, so she begins by talking about, you know, going to, um, running track at nickel state who actually now has a powerlifting team. She said, she's going to look into that a little bit, but they didn't back then. Um, and how she got introduced to powerlifting and how long, you know, how she kind of got there from this sort of organized chaos as she likes to say to where she's at right now as a national champ she dabbled in a little olympic lifting which was wonderful for her she just wasn't the best at it um which i can totally relate to because i liked olympic lifting but i don't know if it's because i powerlifted for so long that i've just got you know bad habits uh that are not conducive to olympic lifting um but she talks about how it carried over for her 
And then she gets into a real career-changing injury. And this is where the storytelling really kind of takes off. Now, I won't give you all of it because she's really going to break it down for you and what she really had to go through um, in order to kind of be a champ, man. Sometimes it takes not being weak, and that doesn't mean physically, but more mentally. And of course, this podcast is brought to you by my gym, my little strength haven core strength and performance out in Huntsville, Alabama. What's up, Bama? Um, if you all are interested in any kind of online training, training in person, um, we offer everything at our gym. We kind of just want everybody to come along and just put a bar on your back. Well, maybe not a bar on your back. Let's put some weights in your hand. Um, not everybody's prepared for a bar on their back just yet, but... My goal is to reach out as many women as possible, and of course men too, but since you know you guys are probably mostly all women listening right now, um, my goal is to just get strength training for women. I want women to just get in there and get moving with some weight. So visit core256.com, that's www.core256.com. Drop me a message if you have any questions on powerlifting as well. Now, let's get into Sam. Yeah, I felt like there were so many questions um, that I, I wanted to ask you. And I felt like maybe I haven't found the anybody who's asked you them yet. And I know <laughs> Chad, you know, Chad, met, you know, he interviewed you about your recap. But I feel like there's so much more about you that I don't know. And I've read some of your blogs. I've read okay. especially one recently, which I, I really enjoyed. And I want to talk about that later. Um, but I know that you went to University of Nevada and you did, you ran track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So see track, you know, people don't think that track <laughs> can be powerlifter, but it sure as hell can because you're living proof. For sure. So, uh, so take us through that a little bit. How did you get started with powerlifting at that point? Was it after college? So, yeah. So while, while I was in college, it wasn't much of an interest for me. Like we lifted, um, but it was nothing too crazy. It was kind of an afterthought for us. Um, Typically, uh, either our workouts were like 6 a.m. or after practice. Right. So either we were super tired <laughs> from like lack of sleep or super tired from practice. So it was never a priority, and I never made it a priority, and I wish I should have looking back on it. But I, I think that's the same way with me. I, I mean, my degree, I had my teacher, uh, my professor was, uh, I mean, he was a powerlifting coach for many years at Temple. And he's like one of the gurus. If you ask people about like the old school, old school bodybuilders in the seventies, he was one of them. And I feel like, God, I didn't even take advantage of that back then. You know, I like, had no clue. It's it's crazy. So I, I did my last two years at Nevada, but before that, I was at a small university called Nickel State University in Louisiana because I'm okay. from Louisiana. Right. And just recently, I found out that they have a powerlifting program. Oh no Never way! Yeah, like so, a guy at nationals. Uh, he was like, do you know such and such? And I was like, no. He's like, well, they have a powerlifting program at Nickel State. And I was like, never knew that. Wow, so, that's awesome. And I should look it up. I forgot until we started talking about this to <laughs> see if he was, he was actually right or not. But um, I think if the environment was more geared towards, like, strength and wanting to get better, I probably would have been more engaged in it. Mm -hmm. However, it was not. Like right. I said, it was kind of an afterthought for all of us. Right, right. Uh, so it wasn't until like after college that I really started lifting weights, and it was mainly to uh, get in shape. I you started mean? working at uh, Planet Fitness, and through that I got a free gym membership. Yeah. So I just started lifting, and I mean just general fitness for a while. 
Right. Uh, so that became boring for me. Yeah. And I needed, you know, some different goals. Um, and then um, college uh, classmate, he did all his research on, like, bodybuilding, powerlifting. Like, so every every time we had to, like, present research, he presented strength strength sports. And so that really what engaged me. I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is what they're doing. I could do that. Right. You know, so I reached out to him. I was like, you know, I want to get stronger. And he started writing some programs for me, and I started following them. And I got stronger, but it wasn't until I, like, set a goal to do a meet that everything really excelled. So what year would you say this was? So the year that I said I wanted to get stronger, it was October 2014. I know it specifically because I literally said, hey, Tony, I want to get stronger. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that happens, though, because yeah. it's probably like Halloween was around the corner or something might have happened. You're like, oh, I remember because I was sore when I was in my costume. <laughs> I think cause he, I mean, he always told me like I had potential. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll say potential. Um but he knew I was kind of rough around the edges and needed some more guidance. So I finally was like, you know, I want to get stronger. I could do this. Uh, and that was October 2014. And it wasn't until August 2015 that I did my first meet. Wow. And so yeah. what type of programming did you do back then? Do you remember what your program was kind of? Was it a linear progression? or? Well, I kinda, <laughs> I, I mine was all over the place. Followed. So I followed it. So I, I, I did well from October to December, I did really well. Whatever he programmed for me, I did it. And it was basically, uh, if I remember correctly, a linear progression. It was nothing crazy. I think I did maybe like a one main movement per day and then a, a, a bunch of accessories after. So a bunch of bodybuilding work afterwards. Uh, but it was nothing crazy. However, like I said, I, I, I followed it to a T and then I went home because I currently live in Virginia. And then I went back home to Louisiana during Christmas break and I didn't have access to a gym. Mm. So that kind of just like, it just threw everything right out of the water. Yeah. And then once I came back, I just didn't pick it up. Uh, interesting. So you kind of just did your own thing? Then I just did my own thing. So you prepped your, yourself for your own meat pretty much. Yeah. Which is like organized chaos. <laughs> I feel you. So my first, uh, my first meet, um, I shared this at a previous podcast that, uh, I, there was this guy who had a fed and he, I didn't, I didn't know anything about feds, right? So I didn't know they were all kind of the same thing for me. And this dude was making his own fed up and he was like, this is the rules. And now I look at it and it was really like poorly, you know, when you look back, you're like, ah, um, and I think I started off with, um, what's his name? Lane Norton had a a DUP. So Mm -hmm. daily undulating periodization that he did with bodybuilding and mind you, I didn't really have a strength background at this point. I had some training, but it wasn't strong. Okay. And I remember going into it, organized chaos. Like I was okay. doing all kind of stuff and it was all over the place and I felt strong as shit. I mean, I one thirty, I went for 135 on my bench and, you know, I was like, I missed it. You know, it was, uh, it's interesting to look back and kind of see where you started. Oh, yeah. Do you remember your first numbers? Well, I can tell you my first numbers. Well, let's say this. The first numbers I struggle with. So let's start there. Okay. I remember struggling with a 295 deadlift. Like, that was, like, the hardest thing in the world for me. So it was pretty easy to get up to that point, but that was, like, the first time, like, okay, now we have to, like, get stronger. Right. Uh, 145, 145-pound bench was, like, that I naturally got there, you know? And squats, the main thing I struggled with was depth. Mm. So... 
squads have come a long way. I build it up, tore it down, build it up, tore it down. So I would say like 225 was like the turning point. Like I actually had to work to get to 225, like full range of motion. Wow, that's crazy. So that's my first number. Is that a, is that a humbling experience for you when you look back like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I love like the Facebook like video pop ups. Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> on this day, yeah. <laughs> this memory, yeah. and I'm like, oh wow, look at that! I have no arm muscles at all. <laughs> Sometimes my- it's embarrassing though. I'll go back to yeah. like a point in time that I thought I was technically sound, yeah. like a point in time that I was proud of, and I'm like looking at him like, God, who let you do this? Yeah. <laughs> It's horrible. So, so after this, after your first meet, what was the next path? Did you get a coach after that, or did you continue training yourself? So, my first meet numbers it was a, a 297 pound, 297 pound squat, uh, 165 pound bench, and 403 deadlift. Oof, wow. Yeah. So it was, you know, it wasn't it was solid numbers, yeah. but even that didn't really like convince me to do powerlifting. Like I was happy with the meet. I had fun. Yeah. But at that point in time, I was transitioning into grad school. Ah, okay. Focus so now uh, change. It was my second semester into grad school, um, and then I got a GA position to be a strength and conditioning uh, GA. No way. Yeah, and then the the main the bulk of the curriculum was Olympic lifting. Ah. So uh, the professor professor reached out to me like, hey. You, you could be great at Olympic lifting. I would love to coach you. And I was like, well, shit, I'm going to teach it. I might as well, like, do it. Right. I'm going to teach it. So, you know, so I was like, well, I have to do this. And so I, I did it for a good four or five months. Wow. And I went to his gym. He coached me. He, I, I did his programming. Um, but I wasn't that good at it. Like, <laughs> very frustrating. You know, it was, it was frustrating to be, you know, pretty decent at powerlifting and like very mediocre in this different sport. I swear you're speaking my language, okay? Because I started venturing off yeah. to try Olympic lifting um, with, I have two friends in Missouri that have a gym, but they are Olympic coaches and very good coaches. And I would go to their house and I thought that it would translate, but there is such a high learning curve for Olympic oh, yeah. lifting. And I just couldn't get it. I was so used to packing my neck a certain way and I wasn't used to like, you know, um, yeah. I would leave the floor too early. I mean, all these things that were just wrong. And I, even though I enjoyed it, it was definitely frustrating because I was like, right. I'll never get this weight up because I just can't get the technique down. And right. it had been months. That's interesting. So you, you went away from that. You're like, screw this. Let's yeah. Try so after like pretty much after the semester, I texted him. I was like, hey, Phil, thank you for everything. Because, I mean, he coached me for free. And, I mean, his time was very, very, very variable. So I was like, thank you for your, your time and everything, but I'm just going to have to step away from this. Like, right. I don't I don't want you to think I'm doing it and I'm not doing it. Right, right, right. You know, so I, I just stepped away. And one of my other friends convinced me to do a meet that February. It was like this Valentine's Day meet at a local gym. And after a whole semester saying, like, no, no, I'm doing Olympic lifting, I finally was like, okay, why not? So – it was that meet. Uh, I squatted 315, wow. benched uh, 185, and deadlifted 440 on a deadlift bar. And it was at that meet I was like, oh, crap, you're actually kind of decent at this. <laughs> so how much time was this from the time that you finished Olympic lifting to the meet? Two months. Interesting. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I could see a, a direct translation on yeah. power and everything from the Olympic lifting because – 
technically you weren't probably training, you know, those lifts in particular, right? You're training for Olympic and what sort of accessories and things did you do with the Olympic lifting? Just like RDLs, uh, strict press. I did no benching. He told me I couldn't bench. That's hilarious. And you put 20 pounds on your bench. He said my pecs were too tight, so I couldn't bench. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't sumo deadlift. Oh, that's even funnier, right? So you're pulling conventional, which is opposite of what you pull. Um, that's interesting. You know, I always think that there's an old adage, uh, if you want to put an inch on your arm, um, squat heavier, you know, and, and and that it's, it's that if you put, if you're able to squat heavy or do these big compound motions that because it works the whole body, it's systemic, you will put muscle on other places and you'll get better and stronger in other places. Uh, that's interesting. So that's a huge, huge jump. I mean, that looks like almost 80 pound PR, yeah, definitely had some carryover. I think if I were to like stop Olympic lifting and then like a week later didn't meet, it wouldn't have been like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I still gave myself time to get stronger in the the competition movements. Gotcha. So I think that what you know allowed the carryover to present itself. That's interesting. Okay, so then after this, you got the bug and you're like, "What's up?" After that, got the bug and then I hired a coach because okay. I realized like, "Oh shit, you could be good." Yeah, but you know. <laughs> This organized chaos is not going to work. Right. You know, I was like, you, you need some guidance. Like, I understood, like, I needed to be worked on. And it was mainly for my squat. I want, I wanted someone to fix my squat, and I'll put that in quotes. Yes. Um, and just general programming and guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I hired a coach, I thought I was just uh, buying a, like, a, program. a year program. Yeah. And in reality, I was purchasing like one-on-one monthly coaching. Oh wow! <laughs> and once I was committed, I was like, "Well, let's just see how it goes." <laughs> well, that yeah, worked out I, in your benefit. What does that screw up worked out good? <laughs> so I thought I was purchasing like a like Skype call, like a, a evaluation, like evaluation of lifts, uh-huh. and then like a yearly program. And it was like two fifty, and I said, "That seems about right." Oh my god! So Are you kidding me? So you got all of that for two? I mean, what you're telling me is that you got way more than that for two fifty. That's crazy. No, what I'm telling you that that's what I thought I was buying. Oh, okay. And, yeah, <laughs> but instead I got a coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out good, I guess, right? Yeah. It did so, so good. how long did you stay with that? Are you still with that coach? I, I am not. Okay. Uh, so I stayed with that coach from February until July. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, I learned a lot. Like, it was an awesome experience. It was, you know, the first time I had, like, true, like, guidance, true programming. What did you like, learn from that? What, you know, having a coach versus you go and freeballing it yourself. <laughs> so, freeballing myself. I always, <laughs> so, when I freeballed it myself, I always made comments to other people like, oh, I'm not good at reps. Mm. Like, what I could do for one rep doesn't translate to like reps right. you know i used to say things like that mm-hmm. that's because i always like d- did singles <laughs> like yeah. i'm not gonna be good at reps if all you do is singles right <laughs> you know so having a coach like really showed me my potential right you know i was doing sets and reps of things that previously i was doing for one right like i remember my like my highest volume being like maybe a five by six at 305 on squats wow like it was crazy, you know. Like I said, prior to that, my one rep max was through fifteen, you know. And then after you, so you trained with this coach from February to July. What were your lifts after that? Did you have a meet after that to kind of test it again? Yes. Yeah, so 
I had the meet in July, mm-hmm. and I was fired up for this meet. I was super pumped because at this point, as far as lifting goes, it's the hardest I ever worked. Like I worked hard. You know, oh, yeah. like, when you're focused me, when you have a coach. I mean, yeah, they're going to make sure you're not slacking. No slacking. Like I worked hard. However, I screwed myself over. Coach didn't screw me over. I screwed myself over. The week of the meet, I lost like five pounds. Wow. From what stress and just not eating? So. Because I know you said that before. Like you, you sometimes you'll just lose yeah. like that. Well, at this point in time, I was worried about Wilkes. Ah, so you did on purpose. You get 500 Wilkes. Uh Okay. You know, so I started to see the scale drop as the week progressed, and I'm like, hmm, well, maybe if I weigh in at this, you know, I could lift a little less and get the 500 Wilkes. Right. So I was doing it for the Wilkes. So I was like watching the scale drop, and like I perceived it as a good thing. Right. You know, I was like, this is good. You know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like eating, but it wasn't like I would typically eat. Right. I was eating basically to like survive. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it oh, wasn't, I did the same thing. It wasn't something I was conscious of in the moment. Yeah. You know, in the moment I thought like I'm doing everything right. Right. You know, it wasn't until like meat day when I really realized like, you know, like shit went wrong. Yeah. So what did you feel? So come meat day, you felt fine. But then is it when you started warming up? Come meet day, I felt fine. Okay. Uh, I took my opener at 315. I got called for depth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I could go a little. So let's backtrack. That was something I struggled with all training cycle was depth. Okay. You know, but you believe that when it comes to the meet, you'll get there. it. Right. You'll get it. Right. So I struggled with that. So I, I cut my first rep short. But I was like, <clears throat> I, was like I know I have it. And I have I have this goal. I'm trying to get 500 Wilkes. You know, we're gonna still go up. Yeah. So I still went up. So I went from I went from a 315 opener to I think 335. I was confident I could get 335 because I got it a couple weeks prior in the gym. So I was like, I know I could hit this weight. 335 buried me. Really? One, I try to sink it. Which, right. You know, like you went from barely hitting depth to like ass to grass. Right, because you're gonna be like, no, I'm gonna show you I can make yeah. depth. Bury me. Oh, jeez. And then took it again. Same thing. Wow. So the so I so you know you pay all this money for a coach, and like I said, not the coach's fault. Right. Whatsoever. Great coach. Nothing bad to say. It was my fault. Right. It was just totally on me. Um. Yeah. So bombed out that meet. And at this point, I still had to qualify for nationals because mm-hmm. that was the whole purpose, like qualify for nationals, win nationals. So I bombed out this meet, and this is in July. Nationals so, in so you, oh, yeah, because you didn't hit your first one. So you did bomb it. I didn't miss it. Okay. Wow. Gosh. And so this is in October. Yeah. So now I have to find another meet. Jeez. Just so having to find one that's two weeks later in Pennsylvania. Okay. So then I have to travel six hours to do a meet. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, but luckily in that experience, I, w- I was humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say the least, right? I was, hum- I was humble. And, it- and that was literally the turning point in my lifting career. Okay. So what you, yep. were you still in the <clears throat> 63 kilo? At yep. the- okay. Okay. You're still in the 63. Okay. In 63. Okay. And so that was a turning point for you. So what did you do going in? Did you know, like, did you have a conversation with your coach? Like, Hey, I fucked this up. 
I, I know that I shouldn't have done. Did he ask you? Was he confused? And then you kind of like came to that realization? Well, no, I told him. I was like, <clears throat> I, I texted him. I was like, hey, I bombed out. You know, I weighed in at this. I think it was like maybe 50, either it was 59 or 60 kilos. Wow. I, like, I weighed in at this. I missed depth on my first squat, which was it's not, it wasn't a surprising thing because, like I said, I struggled with that mm-hmm. in training. So it wasn't like a surprise. Right. However, I messed up by continuing to go up in weight. And this is where, you you know, having a handler comes in handy. Right. Because it was right. just me. Like, even though I had a coach. Right. It was just me. And we had no game plan for if, like, something went wrong. Right. You know, like, right. that was the first meet I, like, cared about. Versus the other meets, you know, I, I just showed up. And right. There's a lot more focus when yeah. you have a coach. You're kind of a plan set versus, like, hey, there's a meet coming up in two months. Let me just do that one. Right. Versus, like, I'm getting this. I'm getting you know, this meet for nationals to move on. Yeah. You're really, you've got a game plan and now it's kind of been stuck. So, so you go to Pennsylvania, you eat normal, I'm assuming, right? You kind of, okay. <laughs> you eat yeah, normal. Thirty-seven. You know, uh-huh. And how did you, so how did your meet, how was your uh, numbers? It was great. So I hit a uh, 325 squat. Okay. Uh, 203 bench. Wow. I missed 209. It just wasn't there. Um, uh, but that was fine. I was, I was perfectly content with that, and I hit 446 <clears throat> uh, deadlift, and that was on a stiff bar versus the deadlift bar in February. So, so, do, great- so, so USBA and USAPL is a little different. So you guys do use a stiff bar, right? Use a stiff bar, yep. Right, that's interesting because we use a I, – I primarily uh, am with the USBA, and we use a flex bar. Yeah. Um, and it, we have um, one of our girls at our gym uh, – who loves you, her name's Nicole Yos. And she's like, I'm going to be on, you know, I'm just going to use my stiff bar. She brings her own bar and everything. And so the other day she decided to lift with a deadlift bar and she was like, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. That like just flies up. I'm like, yeah, yeah she, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't realize it until you're on it. You're like, wow, that's pretty good. She messed up. She yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't even touch it. Yeah. Like, I think, I think I was on a stiff bar forever. And then when I got a flex bar, I was like, whoa, dude. This is like, because I was with, you know, janky, that janky fed. And then when I got to USVA and I got that, I was like, wow, this is, if you can pull on a, on a step bar, you're good to go, you know, right. except for the ricochet kind of thing, if, if you pull in real fast. So I'm, one thing, I'm impressed that you remember all your numbers because so that, I cannot. That's actually 440 and that will become important later in the story. So that the four, 446, depth. right? Or 440? 440. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So after this, you've three, you're three meets in. You're focused, okay, and now you're heading to nationals. Now I'm heading to nationals. Okay. So, like I said, nationals was in October. Okay. Right now we're in August. Okay. So, the the time between the July meet and the August meet, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't detrain. It was no point that I could recover. Mm-hmm. I still had to stay re- relatively peak. Mm-hmm. You know, so at that point volume and intensity was still pretty high, you know, right for post, for post meet. It was high, right? You know, we didn't do anything crazy, but for post meet, we we're still working. Right. Right. You know, a time that you'll be doing nothing was working. Right. Um, so then come August, well, we don't have much time between that meet and nationals. Mm-hmm. It's not much time to rest and recover and regroup. 
Right. So to be clear for listeners, what would be normal for you, let's say if you had months, what would be your rest and regroup? What would that look like versus what you actually ended up doing? So it has transitioned over year, over the years. Initially, it was a week off, okay. like a week off of programming. Completely. Okay, yep. yep. Like still going into the gym, doing something, doing some conditioning, some bodybuilding work, doing stuff, but it wasn't the compound mu- movements and it wasn't programmed work. Right. You know, so you, mm-hmm. it gave your body time to mentally recover yep. as well as physically recover. Yep. Uh, versus with that, I kind of had to jump right into it. Ugh. so you're right into the volume again you're right into the the thick of it you're august september october so you're talking about two months out two months yeah two months out so you're you're peeking in there eight weeks in okay so you're back in it so your your whole body is like (laughs) yeah but i'm I'm motivated at this point like i'm super motivated ready you know you know i'm still in a good position for nationals i think at that point i was ranked like number two and number three you know so i was still in like decent position i was like all right we're, we're, we're still we're still in this right uh but yeah anyways fast forward to five weeks out i hurt my back uh yeah so this is probably something i don't think i ever like said out loud or like to my coach or even in my blog um but five weeks out i, I think i had a plan i had a plan top set of two at maybe four or five that was programmed however for some reason that day i wanted to max out (laughs) because i I can see why you didn't want to tell your coach (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to max out because i didn't get the chance to do that at any point in the training cycle and i felt like if i if i knew what i could do in the platform now you know i could see where i'm at you know, I, I could be more prepared for the platform. Oh, yeah, right. It's, it's our ego talking. Yeah. <laughs> I think I worked up to 440. Okay. And it didn't burst the ground. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's just go back to our 405 for two. Well, after the first rep of that 405, like, I just felt something, like, pop. Mm. Like, and I'm like, ooh, that's not, that's not good. It's no. just one of those things you know in the moment. Yep. Like, that's not good. That's not good. So I just put it down. I took the weights off. I went bench because I'm like, okay, we got to shut this down. Okay. But a couple a couple hours later, I couldn't touch my toes. Wow. Like, whole back just like locked up on me. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I went to a chiropractor um, later that night. You know, got adjusted, had ice on it, like literally – couldn't like been over at all so you're mo- you're just not moving at, like yeah. just yeah. like i could walk but any bending was not happening wow you know and mm-hmm. so i had a client later that night and i had to like get one of my co-workers to like set up their equipment and like show them the exercise right. it was so embarrassing uh, yeah. you know it was like because like clients like look to you to keep them healthy and safe correct you can't walk around them crippled. Yeah, right. You know, like right, and that's I because I've been in that situation as well, and uh, it's embarrassing because you're the expert, right? And you and you went and hurt yourself doing right. something that you possibly could be doing, helping them with, you know. Right. And and I, I've been in the same situation, and it, it is a, uh, 
it is a shot to your ego, you know? Um, That's interesting. So you were supposed to be doing four or five, which is probably like an 85 to 90%. Right. And you went straight for a hundred. And this is embarrassing because like people already have a stigma with like, deadlifting and yes. lifting heavy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So you tell them, oh, I hurt my back deadlifting. They're like, duh. Duh. Right. Like, yes. What's going to happen? Oh, and you know, when I hear that, sometimes I just want to be like, ugh. You know, I hurt my back picking a weight off of the floor and I never hurt my back. And it was uh, just picking the weight up, but I totally, I'm at an age, I'm 37. I probably should be a little more careful with certain movements, Why, you know, more prepared. But yeah. I, I felt like I had to say something though, like, well, I wasn't deadlifting, you know, I was just bending over, almost like I had to like prove myself. So five weeks out, you hurt your back, you're out for how many days? So I, that's when I, uh, I messaged my coach, said, hey, you know, I hurt my back, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he gives me some advice. Uh, I don't remember what, uh, basically like, you know, take it easy, you know, yeah. we'll figure it out. Just see how you feel throughout the week. Take it easy. Uh, so throughout the week, I did what I could do. By I think Monday, I had full range of motion back. Oh, so that's like, that's good. Yeah, I could, like touch my so like by Saturday, I could touch my knees. By Monday, I could touch my toes. Okay. You know, so I think I did like leg press, step ups, lunges. I could do those things. Couldn't squat, but I could do those movements. And so mentally, were you apprehensive? Mentally, I think as the week progressed, I was getting my confidence back. Okay. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, we're we're not not dying. Right. You know? You're not out of it. We're not out of it. Nope. Like, I'm getting some range of motion back. But we have to get back to training. Right. You know, we gotta get back to training. So and I don't I don't remember what I did between that Monday and the Friday. Like if I did my program work, <laughs> I know I did bench, because I could do bench. Uh and I probably did my accessories for for that. Um I think I did box squats or something. Mm. However, on Friday, it was deadlift day again. Okay. So I'm like, all right, well, it's deadlift day again. Let's go and try to deadlift because I'm not, I'm not weak. I'm going to do this. So you're sticking to the program for the most part. So you're going into it, right. going back to the number that you're right. supposed to be doing. Okay. Right. So which, like, was, which was what? Do you remember? I don't remember. I'm assuming it's probably the same workout. Okay. I'm... I'm assuming because I, I got like four week blocks at a time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming I wouldn't go to the next week. I'm gotcha. assuming it was the same like workout. Okay. It was. So I'm like, all right, <clears throat> we're feeling good. Cause I, I, was, I was feeling good at that point. Right. Like we're feeling good. We could do this. So I yeah. warm up, you know, very cautious, right. you know, in tune, making sure form is good. Mm-hmm. 135, 225, 275. And, 315 didn't even move the ground. Whoa. But this time I wasn't hurt. It just didn't move. And I knew it was mental. I was like, you're just scared. Yep. I was like, you're scared, but I'm going to shut it down. So I shut it down. I did other stuff that I could do. And I was like, whatever. I'll call this a day. I'll, I'll call this. I'll just call it a day. However, later that night, as I'm driving to work, because uh, I work mornings and night, mm-hmm. as I'm driving to work, training <clears throat> a client. I started talking to myself like you're gonna get do you're gonna do this workout because you're four weeks out and you're not you're not don't be weak like don't be mentally weak you can do this yes like you can do it. so I started like giving myself this this talk because I knew earlier in the day it was mental yeah so after I trained my clients I load the bar back up 
and same thing happens again on 405. Stapled. Like, just... Nah. Like, oh, not. you're... No. Yeah. Same oh, thing. I thought you meant, like, the bar didn't move. Shut no. up. No, it's, like... So, on the first rep? The first rep. Holy crap. Same side. Same kind of thing. Yep. Same oh. thing work. God, Same thing, but worse. Fucking this killing time, me, Sam. I feel like I'm on suspense right now. This is crazy. This time, this time it wasn't like a, all right, let's do something else. No. Like, it was like, hey, man, can you, like, pick these weights up for me? Can you pack my gym bag? Oh, like, my God. That was bad. It was bad. bad. Like, wow. Like, driving home was scary. One, I lived 30 minutes from the gym I was at. Oh, my gosh. Like, sitting like, down for 30 minutes. Mm. Like, it was Driving home was like the worst thing ever. Oh my god! So like the so like sleeping that night was miserable. Like right. I was in like so much pain. And up until this point, like in my entire athletic career, I've had I've haven't experienced an injury. Okay. So I haven't been like prepped to how to deal with these things. Right. You right. know. So yeah. I'm like. Like, what is, this? you know, what is this? What yeah. is this pain? Yeah. It's like, what is, what is it? Uh, Mike Tyson's quote, you know, everybody's, everybody's, uh, everybody's a fighter till they get punched in the face or something like that. Right. You think you're a badass till you actually get hurt. And then you're like, oh shit. Like that's a, that's a definite humbling. So this is like a myth. So you're in a lot of pain. So what um, is yeah. going through your brain at this point? Are you just like, I'm I just done. need to, wow. Right. In like, that, like I was done. Like no one could tell me otherwise, like no, like, I don't need to go to nationals. I'm not going to nationals. Right. I'm not competing. Like, because now you're affecting my livelihood. Right. Because at this point, I can't train clients because I barely move. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. That, I mean, you can't you can't go in there. Yeah. You know, my husband's had some really uh, back injuries, and it's uh, to the point where it's like, I can't put my socks on. How can I walk around the gym right. and show some sort of, you know, motion or anything? Right. Okay, so how long did this pain last for? Uh, so the next morning I was in the ki- my, my roommate she came in the kitchen and she was like what are you doing here because um, I'm always at work right I was like I was like can you drive me to the chiropractor <laughs> like, you're like I'm surviving that's what I'm doing I'm trying to just walk to the kitchen right now <laughs> like and at that point I had like shooters oh you know and so was the pain just localized to your back or were you feeling it down your legs and your in your butt or it was shooting down my leg. Oh, yeah. You know, and it wasn't severe enough that I, you know, thought of, like, bulging discs or anything like that. But it was definitely a different pain than the first experience. Interesting. Okay. It was more severe. Okay, so you head, uh, over, you head over to the chiropractor? Yeah, and, you know, with that and then taking some, you know, ibuprofen and, you know, time. Mainly it was time. It got better because mm-hmm. I stopped. I stopped. <laughs> Like, I, I mean, I just started doing, like, passive stretching, like, you know, things that I could do that didn't cause me pain. Mm-hmm. So, like you're, never, so you're totally taking off of any kind of workout at this point. And how long did that last for? So no program work. However, I still worked out. Oh, that's good. Like, okay. You know, I still, like, moved. Right. And I think that was the most important part. I never stopped moving. I agree. Like, because my main goal was still, like, to move and feel better. I just wanted to feel better. Yeah. I didn't necessarily want to get stronger at that point. Thank God. Right. I just wanted to feel better. Right. Uh, so I'll say about two weeks. Okay. Like just two weeks. I just did what I could do that didn't cause me pain, whatever that was. Um, and, but at that point I wasn't going to nationals. Like I told myself, like, I'm not going 
Like, because all I could do is picture me, like, me passing out on the platform. Right. Doing a lift, like. Right. And then fly back from Atlanta, like, in pain, in that pain. Oh, my gosh. That would be awful. Awful. So, at this point, you're two weeks out, technically, from Nationals, right? Two, three weeks out. It had to be, had to be two or three weeks out. And I was like, I can't, I can't even, like, squat anything respectable. Yeah. And I was prime time. So, it's not like I could just, like, blend in with, like, the other lifters. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, like, no, you go, you, you lift what you know you can do or yeah. you don't. That's right. what it comes like, down to. So, but people around me, I don't know why, <clears throat> but they was like, no, you're going to do it. Cause you're Sam, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you guys, you don't understand like the pain I'm in. Yeah. Like, you don't understand. However, long story short, somehow, some way I just chipped away at it. Shut like, up. Like, I just chipped away. Like, I just, I, like, literally built back up. I didn't force anything. But one week out, I hit, I think probably, either it was, like, 435 in the gym for a single. Wow. Like, like, I just chipped away. And, like, hitting over 405 was the scariest thing ever. Right, I, right. Once I, once I did it, I was good. It was like that mental block you kind of had to get over. And at that point, I, I stopped with the coach because at that point, I was like, I'm not doing programming. Right. Kind of went back to my organized chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like you have enough knowledge at that point to yeah. create something for yourself that you know will be good for your body, that you're feeling these pains, you know. I mean, really, that's, I would think, I would do that. And that's probably the best choice at that point. Um, but I'm sure your, your coach probably would have said, no, you shouldn't be <laughs> pulling and you shouldn't be doing anything as far as preparing. But it's interesting. So were you still kind of having aches and pains still <coughs> while you're trying to do that? I mean, while you're kind of like chipping away? I think, I, I think towards the end, it was more so mental. Okay. Interesting. You know, it was that's just good. That's like good the, that you sort of healed yourself a little bit then at yeah. that, at that moment. That's good. Yeah. Like the initial pain wasn't there mm-hmm. but it was still the it was dull because i used to wear these um the tens unit like mm-hmm. with the patches mm-hmm. that you could just put on like the spot yep and i can't even remember if that worked or not but yeah not yeah, like, I, I used it <laughs> you know like i'm all about the placebo like, yeah give me i like, you know i always say that i'm like you know what yeah. it doesn't fucking matter if it does or doesn't if it helped then it, yeah. that's what that's what matters. You know, they have so many studies that talk about that too. That placebo can right. just be just as effective yeah. because the wine is so powerful. Workout, yeah, shit, so be it. But I'm <laughs> going to like the car like every every week mm-hmm. before like before deadlifting. I'll go, and it was it was all mental. Like, right. all right, I'm doing what I need to do. You know, to make sure I'm healthy. So, what kind of conversation are you having with yourself when you're stepping up to that bar? <laughs> when you know you're sort of having this mental block? Like, are you telling yourself you got this? Are you, like, to be honest, I say shit like, don't be a fucking pussy. <laughs> don't be a little bitch. Like, come on, this is lightweight. Like, I, I talk very aggressive to myself right before. I'm cause I, And it's funny because I'm not that kind of person in real life. But right before, I'm, I'm very, I have to be kind of a potty mouth. And it's, <laughs> you know, like to myself. And that amps me up and that, that kind of gives me the, the confidence, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. to overlook that. Are you telling yourself anything like that? Not not really. Cause not so aggressively. I had, <laughs> I had no goal. Like, uh, my goal right. wasn't to be ready for nationals. Right. Like, in my head, 
probably up until like the week of, I wasn't going to nationals. Wow. And the only reason I went because my plane ticket was already paid for, my hotel was already paid for, registration was already paid right. for. Right. And then I hit the the big deal up, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay, we we could do something here." Right. Uh, but at the in the moments of me chipping away, I was just like, just just take what you can do for today. Like, don't force anything. And one of my friends, very close friend of mine, she was like, "Don't be a hero." Yeah. Like, don't try to have this amazing comeback story. Good like, friend. Very good friend. Don't don't try that. Yeah. Like, and she was a physical therapist, and like, so I respected her her opinion, and she didn't speak to me as in like, don't deadlift. Right. Like, she didn't speak to me in those terms. She was like, basically, like, do what you can, right. keep everything under like RP eight or seven. Mm-hmm. You know, don't force it. Wear your belt. Like, lift like like you're hurt. Meaning, like, be conscious and you know execute like you're trying to protect yourself right right like you know don't just go just yeah. go all ham on it is what <laughs> you know, and i just chipped away at it you know and so how did I, I, so it had to be like three or four weeks you, out. you showed up okay so you showed up to nationals and then what so i showed up to nationals so at this point i was in a decent position like okay. i wasn't like stronger than i was the previous me but i was strong enough to at least match right so you're I, competitive I was competitive. Right. So take my opener and then my hip pops. Shut like, up. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, like, what? So I come off the stage and I tell my handler, like, my hip just popped. And, like, he's concerned with me because of my injury. You know, right. he's like, you know, oh, my God, are oh, you okay? And Is it the same side? Same side. Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, but it was unrelated to the back. Like, it was okay. my hip. You okay. know, I was like, what, what is this? So while we're having this conversation, no one put in my second attempt. <gasps> so they just bumped you up. They just bumped me up. Oh, jeez. So like, like, all of this. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, piss. Like, right. <laughs> like, I'm like, piss. Because it's like, I did all of this to get back here. And, like, we kind of, we blow it over that. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't pissed at no one, like, in particular. It was right. just like. Just mad at the situation. And for those of you listening, when you're in a meet and you have a certain time frame, so usually it's a minute to put in your your next lift. And so at this point, she's probably thinking, "All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna probably hit like a what 315 or something like that." You're you're putting your next thing yeah. in there. Now, if she doesn't put it in, they automatically bump her up by 2.5 kilos or five yep. five okay 2.5 k. Just mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's the same, but yeah, 2.5 kilos, which is not like what normally anybody would do. <laughs> that is not the route. You're trying to chip away and get a little higher. Okay, so now you're just going up 2.5. Yeah. And so I p- think that that probably was, that's, that was 308. Okay. So I went from 305 to like 308. Okay. Uh, and then, so we took that and then we hurry up and did something heavier in the back. Okay. So we still make a sizable, sizable jump. Yes. So I took something heavier in the back just to kind of feel that way and I'll put that in quotes. Right. And so we still made a decent jump. So I think, 325. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so for if you guys are, because the point is that she would, what would have been your second? 325 was supposed to be my second. Okay. I believe. I can't remember exactly at that point, but it's probably somewhere between, if I was going, it's probably like 314. Okay, around there. Right, so she she wants to take something heavier because if you make, so she goes to the back, try something heavier because you're really going to take that jump to the last number that you really wanted. So I tried 15 in the back. Right, so she tries 315 so she can feel it because if she just goes to the bar, 
with the number, uh, the third, the third right. attempt, it could bury her because you're yeah. almost, and, and some people it doesn't happen, but for me it happens. And you know, for you, it happens where you kind of have to prep your brain and your body needs to prep. Like, all right, this is the weight that you're going to about to get. So let's inch you up another five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever it is, and then get you there. Okay. So then you get to the third, you hit the third. I missed it off a dip. Oh, that fucking yeah. dip. <laughs> All right, so you stuck you stuck with that second attempt, yes, which is a good what ten kilos away from what you probably wanted, right? right? Okay, so your so how did your hip feel? Did your hip hurt? No, it didn't. It didn't hurt. Just That's made a pop. I had one of my friends was a uh, he's a masseuse, so he like rubbed it out for me, put some tiger bomb, you know. So I mean, it felt fine. Like after all that, it felt fine. That's good. Uh, however, at that point, I was in fourth place. Ugh. And, but in that moment, I told myself, like, wow, like, of all the shit you've been through, you're in fourth place right now. Like, Which is amazing. Yes. At Nationals. Like, this is prime time. So it's, like, legit, like, we're in fourth place right, right now. Wow. Way, you know, to, like, way to flip it, though. Like, you know I, I think in the moment, I don't know many people that would do that. And think of it in the positive. Like, you definitely flipped it in order to look at it in a different way. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I was, like, don't get me wrong. After realizing that we only went up two and a half kilos i was pissed right like like i just felt so like defeated in that moment Mm -hmm. because like we worked so hard like to get back there and it was like god you just blew it like the whole game plan you just blew it yeah however after that final squat man maybe i made it i can't remember i can't remember i should uh get back but after that final squat i was in fourth place and in that moment i was like wow after all of this you were in fourth place like, let's go. Like, yeah, yeah, you know? totally. And obviously, at that point, the goal wasn't to win. Right. I'm like, I could at least get top three. Right, right. You know? So, bench, um, went three for three on bench. Uh, ended with 209, nice. which is the weight I tried for in August and then get. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. And so, I, I got that. And then deadlifts, somehow, some way, I pulled 446. Wow. And, and I needed that to get third. Wow. You know, so it was like, and that's the lift that broke me. Yeah. But, you know, like out of all of that, somehow, some way, I still pulled a PR. Oh, top my gosh. PR. That is fantastic. So you landed third. Landed third, and I was happy. That's it's probably, I'm, I'm proud of that third play finish. Fuck, like, yeah, because that <laughs> is, I mean, would you have imagined three weeks prior when you popped your back for the second time, that you would have been holding, you know, holding your flag on that stage, like, no. <laughs> with third place. No, not at all. And I, I actually, like, made a video, and I, like, I didn't save it because I hate, like, making videos. But I was, like, making the videos explaining, like, I'm done with powerlifting. Wow. And I kept that video because I was, like, I'm done with this. It's not worth it. You know, can't do this. Blah, when did blah, you blah. make that video? Like, after the second back. Oh, okay. So it was a very emotional time for you. Yeah. You're in a lot oh, of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain. Just like, I can't train. I can't go to nationals and win. Wow. You know? You know, so this is this is great because this segues into kind of what I wanted to talk to you about as well. <clears throat> so not only did you win <laughs> this last time, which is an amazing experience. <clears throat> How was that for you to, I, I know it's always, it's kind of a double-edged sword because Jen's been 
you know, the, the queen, I guess, for so long. So everybody's kind of rooting against her too, um, but rooting for you. How was that whole experience? Because you actually won by body weight, correct? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of funny that you're talking about how you, you kind of lost too much weight a little bit right before. And who would right. have thought that that worked <laughs> in your benefit? Because you, you weighed in at 136.18.18. She weighed in 137.06, right. which is so crazy that it's less than a pound, and that yeah. determined everything. And you actually you actually could have pulled higher, correct? Right? You were saying right. that you probably yeah. could have pulled 507, but you pulled 497 right. for the win. Right. Which, I, that's all I needed to do. That's all you needed to win. And I, I think that shows a lot about um, you know, you as a as a as a athlete, because you could have went for the yeah. higher amount, you know, but you didn't, you went for what you knew would win. And that, how was that whole experience? Did, you know, just winning and, and having that moment. How was that for you? So that moment, it was like, it was the moment that I should have had that very first year. And that's how I picture it. Right. Like is the moment that I knew I had potential for. Right. Like when I hired a coach, like I hired him saying I can be a national champion. Yeah. Like, I know I can. It, and it wasn't out of cockiness. It was just like, I know my potential and I know I will work for it. Yeah. Like, you tell me what to do, I would do it. And, like, I thought, like, the harder I work, it, the benefit was just, it would reap. Like, like, you work hard, you'll get the benefits. Yeah. The more reps, the more sets, the more weight, the, you know, everything you pour into your workout, the more the better. Right. And I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of your workout, you had kind of shared before that your workout is you normally, so leading up for this was three times, you squat three times a week, you bench four times a week, and you deadlift two and a half times a week. Right. Now that right there, would that is some volume. That is a lot of work that you're doing. So, of course, you're varying the reps and the intensity, so, you know, for people understanding there. So you're, are you going in five days a week? Is that how it normally looks? It's four. Okay, so it is four. Yeah, so it's basically every other every other day, and then the last two days is back to back. Back so to like back. So like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So what are you doing to? Um, are you doing anything to help keep yourself like mobile, or uh, are you going to the therapist? Are you doing ice baths or any kind of um, holistic, I guess you could say, or non traditional remedies to help you out? No, so at one point, even with my new coach, at one point I was going to the chiro chiropractor maybe once every like four weeks when okay. I felt like my hip, I felt my hip off. I, like I felt, I was like, oh, my hips feels off. I need to go get adjust, adjusted. Right. And then eventually I realized like, you, that's just mental. Like just stop. Like Interesting. using that as a mental crutch. Like Interesting. just stop. And right. I, I didn't stop that even though like it may have had some benefits, but I, I knew I, I, I knew I didn't need it. Like, and I'll get massages like every four or five weeks. And now I do it to feel good because I just like how they feel. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I know it's not something I need. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that, though, because that is not a dependency as well, yeah. right? So you don't feel like you need to have any of that. And I became, and the reason why <laughs> I stepped away from it, because I became dependent on it. Like, oh, I didn't get to go see the car yesterday, and I got to squat today. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yes. Like, yeah. You know, and it's funny because I feel like, uh, you know, I think everybody has their own excuses, but I do f hear a lot of those like, oh, I don't have my knee sleeves. Oh, I don't have my, you know, wrist wraps. Oh, I have the wrong shoes. I'm like, dude, you can't 
make those kind of excuses yeah. all the time because those are to me just mental things. You're right. putting you're putting your um, blocks on something else just to you know where you won't you won't just go in and do it. So right. that's that's very interesting. I, I read this article that you had up, um, and for, for those of you who are listening. Um, it's on liftclub.com. I'll put it in the show notes so you guys can read it because I, I really felt that this was a wonderful uh, blog post that you made. And, you. and the title of it is Don't Be Weak. And I, I love that you sort of shared this experience of probably a time when you would feel your weakest. And mentally, it felt like it sounds like you really had to kind of pull out of you know, being in pain to the point where you've never had that experience. And now you're going to have to buckle down and be like, what are you made of? And I, I like this part of your article right here, and I'm just going to read it out for people. And this is in air quotes. Don't be weak, because that is the title of the blog. Doesn't refer to strength and lifting weights. It refers to mindset and the ability to not allow your self-perception to cloud your capabilities. It's what stands in the way of maximizing your genetic potential and achieving things that surpass what you think you're possible of yourself. And I love the whole article was great. I just love that part because I think that ties in everything. And so what made you um, what made you write this article? Because you talk about going to Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that. And so what made you talk about this in, in particular? Because it is mindset, effort and energy and genetics. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Give me one moment. No problem. Oh, I love children. <laughs> so when I first began to write it, as I was sitting now, it was supposed to be a reflection of nationals. Okay. That was actually what it was supposed to be. So when I wrote it, it was with that intention. Okay. To be a reflection of nationals. But as I was writing, it became more than that. I'm just going to say right now, this is so funny because my kids, I have my kids up in the room and they got the dog. Every time I've recorded, my dog is walking around and so if anybody listens they'll hear these little freaking foot just like I'm like and I didn't know I thought no but nothing none of that would pick up until I record I was like oh, okay whatever it is what it is so yeah, so right. oh, my nephew is getting attacked by my dog oh <laughs> um so yeah the the, the block just kind of developed itself because the reason why I was able to achieve what I did this training cycle and at nationals it was because of the outcome at Worlds. Right. You know, I, I just, my whole focus is more than so be, becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, you know, and that's yes. it. Like, just, like, it's okay if I have to lift at 6 a.m. Yes. Like, it may not be the ideal time, yep. but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because what happens at Nationals when I have to lift at 6 p.m.? Yeah. You know, Eastern time, Western time. Yeah. You know, when it's nine o'clock for me internally. Right. Yeah. So that you have to have that flexibility. So just like not making any excuses and just getting it done and not reaching for things. I just taking what's there in the day and moving on. Right. Because even through this, you even through this prep, you had uh, an adductor strain at some point. Right. So that was for worlds. Wow. Yeah. Leading into worlds. Uh, and it, and even, you know, even that, you know, took, you know, some mental ability to get over yeah. however having the back injury it kind of helped me to overcome that because now i know like it's gonna be okay right 
it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, you just need some time. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so what would you say is if there is a new power lifter out there or somebody, maybe they've been lifting for a few months to a year, what would be your advice for somebody who is just coming into the sport? Stay focused on yourself. I hate, I mean, like, I understand you have to have goals. And I, I used to love writing down my number goals. Like, mm-hmm. next to me, I want to hit this. And I used to love that. That was the, my favorite part about, like, doing a meet and being done with a meet. I could, like, write down my goal for the yeah. next meet. Love it's exciting. That. You know? Mm-hmm. However, that made me reach for numbers. Mm. And I never realized there was arbitrary numbers. They, they meant nothing. Right. And you don't realize what five pounds is. Like, what a five-pound increase in strength is. Like, you don't realize until, like, you, get, you do it. Yeah. Like, Five pounds is everything. Yeah. So, like, from that February meet that I did to that July meet, I was like, I want to squat. I, w- I want to go from 315 to 350. <laughs> you know? And in my, head, in my head, that was reasonable. Yeah. Like, it was like, why can't I do this? Right, right. I think that that's an experience thing, and that's so true that you just uh, naively uh, overreach yeah. <laughs> for those numbers. Right, but then you attach your happiness around that number. Yeah. And so if you're not even close, then what, then you're going to be sad. So then you're reaching for the, what are you reaching for then? Right. Right. So like, what are you, what is the purpose of your training? So I think that that's, that's exactly right. I I totally agree with that. So like now my goal is like five pounds more. Like what you want to do at nationals? Five pounds more. Yeah. Like I'll be happy with that. And I, like, I mean that, you know, I was like, if, and when I compete, in, at the Arnold's in 17 weeks, I could put 15 pounds on my total, five pounds across the board. Right. I'll be fine with that. Yeah. You know, and I bench 231 on bench three times, three meets in a row. Nice. And like you, you, it has, you have to come to a point that like you have to understand that like all progress is not linear. Like yeah. there will be times that it is what it is, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that's a big one that all progress is not linear. You're not going to have... Just because you followed a five by five and you should be able to increase five pounds and here and there, and that's not always the case. That's not how strength works. And oftentimes it's not. It's this up and then it goes straight and then it goes up and then it goes straight. And it might go straight for a long time. Like I, my bench has been kind of stuck as well. And I think also when you're at a point that you're at, at an elite level, five pounds is a lot. Because yeah. you're talking about five pounds on a on a bench and, and a Wilkes. I mean, you're talking about something that's very high to begin with. So yeah, that's something to be happy yeah. about if it's just five pounds. Yeah, so I had to be, I had to start to be okay with doing the same weight, even in training, yeah. week to week. Like okay. this is this is where you're at. You got to be okay with that. Yeah. At one point, I, I made it my point to add five more pounds to the bar, because now my program is RPE, which gives me more leeway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be a pro and a con, <laughs> right? You know? So even though I know this five pounds is going to overshoot my RPE, I have to do it because that's, that's five pounds more than what I did last week. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had to come to the point like, you don't have to do this. Like, you can do the same way as last week. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. You can even do five pounds less than last week. I think it's, it is a bit, it's a battle sometimes, right? Because you're, you, you, you know, for those who don't know, RPE is rate of perceived exertion. So what she's saying is that she goes in and she feels like, she, she's supposed to be uh, benching, you know, 205, but she right. feels like she can't even do 185 at the speed that she's supposed to be right. doing it at. And so 
she battles with, okay, do I drop it down and kind of go with the perceived exertion that I should be at? Or should I just say fuck it and go with where I know that'll help me bump, bump me up. And you know, it's funny. My husband, whenever he feels shitty, always lifts good. He's like, oh, I feel sick. I feel he goes in. And he's like, oh, I just PR. And I'm like, what? That's like not normal. Like, why can't I feel like crap and go in and PR? Like, it's so funny. So he doesn't. He like throws that out the like door. He always lifts better. But yeah, see, that's interesting. And I, I think that uh, that that is something that individuals have to kind of just know yeah. for themselves. It's a, it's a time thing. It's a time it is. thing. I think it an ex, it's an experience thing. And it's so, a fine line. Yeah. I mean, because you can warm up and things could feel heavy. Yep. And then you get to your top set. I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Like, yeah. we can do this. Yeah. You know, so it's just a fine line that as an individual, you have to figure out on your own. Yeah. And I, it, that takes experience. It takes time. Yeah. It takes um, um, learning uh, different methods to feel like RP. Now you're using RP, but before it would just been like, you know, and, and some people say screw RP. Like I just right. look at the bar and I know, or I can feel the bar and I know, which is also fine. I, I think that there's, that's very important that you, that you can feel it and you know that intuitively um, versus always, you know, right. maybe using a Tendo or something like that, which I just feel like not a lot of people now are starting to kind of use other things. So um, having that feeling of, of it needs to be there as well. Before we wrap things up, because this has been like super badass, I feel like I've learned so much about you and your mental game, and I can see why you're at the top of the game. Um, there's a part of this show what I call, What the Hell Was I Thinking? <laughs> Where we look back in time and we think, wow, why did I do that? Because I was fucking stupid. Why did I? Uh... So Susan, Susan Salazar shared the other day, that she's like, hey, you remember when I used to wear, um, we, you know, bodybuilders had ace bandages. You know, they used to wear them around their knees. She goes, oh, yeah. So I started powerlifting and I wear these ace bandages around my knees. And then everybody would laugh at her about uh -huh. it. And so she was like, you know, talking about how she never hit depth and everything, too. Have you ever had anything where now you look back and you think to yourself, what the hell was I thinking? So the moment that comes to mind is, like I said, I used to work at Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. I used to staff, and then eventually I was a trainer there. Uh, therefore, I worked out there. Mm -hmm. And all they have is Smith machines. So I used to squat on the Smith machine. Okay, I've been there. <laughs> I'll have like, I had like three plates on each side. And I posted on Instagram, and one of my old college teammates, she was like, let me see you do that on a, like a, a real squat, squat rack. <laughs> and at the time, like, I'm like, how dare you? Like, this is legit. Like, yeah. like, like, I could do this anywhere. I know you're not like, calling me out. I'll put it on yeah. that box. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, so, but like, I thought I was doing good. Like, first of all, it was on the spin machine and I was like quarter squatting. Right. All right. You so know, you're, you're like, like, you might have 185 on, on, a, on a straight bar. <laughs> you know, and so finally, you know, I got a membership somewhere else that had a, you know, a rack mm -hmm. and a straight, and a straight bar, like 135 felt like. <laughs> it was a whole different squat. Oh, that's funny. So imagine if she never said anything. Oh, you might have never stemmed that thought of like, man, I gotta show her what's up. I gotta, I can put a bar on my back, right? That is hilarious. Oh, I've had videos where I look and I'm, I'm doing, oh, because I did figure for a while. So bodybuilding, um, for women, you know, I did figure. So 
oftentimes you do things where you're like, that was really dumb. I wish I never turned around backwards on the adductor machine and did this back and forth, bad, good girl, bad girl. And I thought I was being all inventive. Like, oh, look at this. Girls are doing this. Yeah, those are those are the kind of things that I laugh at. And thank God I didn't get a video of that one because that would have been super embarrassing. But Anyways, oh my gosh, Sam, thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, I think a lot of our listeners are going to learn a little something about you and take away um, how to be tough. I, I definitely think that that is a big, big takeaway from this. And, you know, I can see where you're going to be going. So what's the next meet for you? Next meet is the Ornals. Okay, 17 uh, weeks. The Mar- uh, 17 weeks, the mm-hmm. first week of March. Uh, I'll be on the Grand Prix. So it's a meet that's in the main expo hall. Okay. So basically it's four raw lifters, four geared lifters, okay. uh, male and female. Um, so I'm pretty sure right now it's me, Jen. Uh, I know Daniela Mello, she's doing it, and it'll okay. be one other person. Uh, so it'll be – and then the winner of that meet is based off Wilkes. Okay. So kind of a different spin. Okay. That should be fun. All right. Yeah, that is going to be, I actually, I hope my husband and I have been trying to go to Arnold for years and Oh man. We, I mean, if I can go, I'd be, oh, I'd be stoked. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. Like people. Yeah. Have, I'm like, I'm not like a crowd person. Yeah. And I'm not going to in anyone's line yeah. for anything. Yes. But if you like people and like meeting people and fangirling is awesome. You know, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would fangirl on the people who didn't have a line. So if, if people that I would looked up to and I was like, oh, there's nobody there, I'll go there. But no, yeah, I am not the uh, – I'll, I'll look from distance and I'll be like, eh, I just rarely any people that I'm like that. And if they are, they're people like you who are powerlifters and, you know, they're they're probably the obscure, you know, not everybody knows them kind of thing, right? right? You know, that's, that's the fact is you're at the right. Arnold. You're not going to be – you know, you're not the bodybuilder. You're not Jake right. Cutler. You're not Phil Heath who's up there. You know, uh, that's, right. that's so funny. Well, best of luck to that. And thank you thank so you. much. And I will see you hopefully at the Arnold. All right. Thank you for having me. Okay.